chapter 5. Amen. We have been, uh, most of this year, been working uh, through uh, really a series, all in all, of uh, that we are, this is the year of the overcomer. Amen. That's what God told us. Amen. At least for our house, that's what he spoke, that this is the year of the overcomer. So what we have done is taken our time uh, working through uh, this text here. And we took a few weeks here dealing with uh, really about uh, being an influence and what it means to impact your generation, to impact your, your region. We took some time dealing with that because we came through uh, a couple great weeks with our Rodeo Bible Camp and uh, VBS and, and really just it, the things at the prison. There were just a lot of great things that happened uh, in, uh, in a couple-week period. And so took some time to really kind of jump on that and, and uh, just talk about the power of influence. Amen. Today I want to go back, I want to talk some more about overcoming, amen. Look at your neighbor, smile real big and say, hey neighbor, get your catchers on right now, amen, amen. All right, now, um, you know, I, I do that on purpose, I'm not trying to be funny, the idea is just that um, sometimes, you know, we think, well, we've already heard this. No, you haven't, you have no idea what I'm about to share with you. Come on now, amen. Now we might have read this verse many times and we're going to read it again today, uh, but I guarantee you there's so much to glean out of it. And uh, I believe that if we're still trying to overcome in areas, then we definitely need to hear it. Come on, somebody. But regardless, it is a powerful truth and principle here. So let's look at it here. Verse 4 of John, uh, 1 John 5, verse 4 says that whatever is born of God. Everybody say whatever. Okay, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. In other words, whatever comes out of God or birthed out of God, amen, has the DNA of overcoming. Come on, somebody. All right, and he says, and this is the victory or the means of success is what that word victory there. It's actually the Greek word Nike. Okay, so this is the victory or the means of success that has, uh, that has overcome the world. What is it? Well, it's our faith. Look at your neighbor, smile real big, and say, it's your faith. All right. Now, let's, let's read verse 5. All right. Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Any believers in the house today? I think we've kind of established that today. Amen. Put, uh, put the First uh, John 4, 4 up there real quick. Throw that in, then we're going to go back over to chapter 5 again. You are of God, little children. Smile real big at your neighbor and say, that's, it's good to be a little children. <laughs> Amen. Now, anybody in here of God? Okay, so it says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Of course, talking about the world. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen. Now, that's a done deal. Go back to chapter 5. Whatever is born of God. So, whatever comes out of God. Now, of course, verse 5 says that you came out of God. You were born again. You're a believer. Amen. You come out of God. But whatever comes out of God. So whether we're talking about the Word, amen, whether we're talking about the Spirit, whether we're talking about the armor of God, we've, we've taken time, kind of gone through all these different things. Amen. All of them coming out of God. Everything has in its DNA overcoming ability. You came out of God. You have in your DNA overcoming ability. You are an overcomer. Look at your neighbor, smile, says, you overcomer, you. Hmm? Need to fix my mic? Is there a problem with it? 
We got a new mic. This is our new mic, but we're trying to figure out the best way to. Thank you, Jen. How's that? Is that better? Okay, now we got it. All right. That better? It was too hot. Only my wife says that. All right, back to this again. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So you have been born of God. Amen. So you are an overcomer. All right. That's in your DNA. That's part of your identity. All right. Now, you may feel like, well, I don't feel like an overcomer. But, okay, you may not feel like an overcomer, but you are an overcomer because that's your DNA. That's your identity. Are you still with me? All right. Now, this is the victory. The word Nike again means of success. This is what brings your victory. In other words, what, this is what causes things to be overcome in your life, to get the results of the overcomer. Says this, it's your faith. How you overcome is by you believing it. Are you still with me? I know we've talked this many times. All right, so the word faith, the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, which means to believe in or belief in. It means to have uh, reliance or dependence upon, to trust in, to be confident of, to be assured of. Amen. It says actually in that text, if you looked at it in the, in the uh, concordance, it just says especially reliance. So it puts an emphasis on reliance. So this is your means of success. This is how you get the results of an overcomer, is especially by relying on it, trusting in it, all right? You have to believe that what he said is true. Still with me? Well, I don't feel like I'm an overcomer, but you are an overcomer. It doesn't look like I'm overcoming, but you are an overcomer. And the, the quickest, uh, quickest way to, to walk in overcoming ability is to believe what he said about you. Still with me? Yeah. All right. Praise God. Now, I wrote some things down. I want to make sure I get to it. Amen. Make sure I bring it out. Praise God. Now, being an overcomer isn't based on how we feel or how it looks. We are an overcomer because he says... We're an overcomer. Being moved by how we feel or how it looks will change the results or the outcome, but it never changes your identity. So that's why we got to believe it, right? Okay, so with that said, uh, go with me to uh, Ephesians, Ephesians 1. I just thought I'd grab a couple texts, uh, and we're just going to look at it. In the light of something else, a few other things here. Ephesians 1, and I've got a place i got to get to today before we're done, but uh, Ephesians 1, just took a, a text here, okay? Chapter, three, uh, chapter 1, verse 3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has, past tense, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Everybody say, has blessed us. Now, are you blessed? Okay, sometimes you don't feel like you're blessed. Sometimes we might look in the mirror and may not even look like we're blessed. Come on. 
But according to this, we are blessed. Come on now. So we are blessed. Okay. So if you're blessed, are you blessed because of how you feel or because of how it looks? Now I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm established. We're blessed because he said we're blessed. Amen. We're empowered. Amen. Because he said you are. It's a done deal. Okay. Let's go to verse, verse 4 here. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now it says here that he chose you. Now listen, this, we're, what we're doing is we're finding that's all about identity. So not only are you blessed, you're chosen. Well, I don't feel chosen. I mean, there's been some days I really didn't feel chosen. But it doesn't matter because he says you're chosen. And he even chose you before the foundation of the world. Why? So that you could be holy and without blame before him in love. But you are chosen. So you're chosen not because you feel like it. You're chosen not because it looks like you're chosen. You're chosen because he says you're chosen. Now, is anybody in agreement with that? How many believe that there's a heaven? How many believe there's a hell? Uh, how many believe uh, you're going to heaven? Now, if you, I was going to ask you. I mean, <laughs> if you raise your hand, we'll, we'll get that settled real quick here. But uh, uh, the bottom line is, praise God, uh, we believe in a place called heaven. And, and, and rightfully you should. I mean, that's, you know, that's right, right? I'm not arguing with that. Uh, we should believe that. But, you know, has anybody in here ever been there yet? I'm just asking because you never know. Somebody might have maybe had, you know, maybe a, a near-death experience or some kind of thing. And, you know, sometimes they, you know, they experience things that maybe you and me haven't experienced yet. So nobody in the room, okay, uh, has, has went to heaven, okay. But you believe in heaven. Why do you believe in there's a heaven? Because he says there's a place called heaven. And he said there's, there's, there's a promise concerning heaven. Amen. And you believe that even though you've never been there or you've never seen it. And even though, and I don't know, maybe, maybe an angel of the Lord appeared to you. Did, a, did an angel appear to you, Rick, and tell you that you're going to heaven? Now, it could be. Somebody, you know, it might have happened. Maybe some kind of a, you know, thing. An angel of the Lord shows up and says something to you. Uh, but most people have probably never even experienced that. But yet they still will believe they're going to heaven based on something that was said. Am I right? So the same faith that you can believe that there's a place called heaven, even though you've never been there, never seen it, come on, is the same faith you use to believe the fact that you're not only blessed, but you're chosen. Verse 5. This is all about, all about it. Having predestined us, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. First, you're predestined, which means you have a destiny, which means you have a future. Well, some people don't feel like they have a future, and some people might not feel like they have much of a destiny. But according to this, that's part of your DNA, that's part of, amen, that's part of who you are. You're predestined in God because you've made Christ the Lord of your life, so that's part of, of what you receive. Now, some days, even though I don't feel it, or some days it may not even look like it, but I am. I am. 
I believe it. Praise God. I receive it. Amen. It's mine. All right. Adoption. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. In other words, through Jesus, right? To the Father, right? According to the good pleasure of his will. It's even part of his will. So, okay, so you've been adopted into the family. Some days we don't feel like we're part of the family. Some days some of you don't look like you're part of the family. Ah, I'm just saying here, we're just, remember this is, but you've been adopted into the family. It's a done deal. You're in. And like somebody says, you, can't, you don't get to pick your relatives. But Okay, I'll leave that one alone. But anyway, the bottom line is, amen, the same faith you believe, amen, that you've been received or adopted into a family, praise God, because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Anybody in agreement with that? Yeah. Listen, I'm just trying to, just, this is how this all works. So the same, same Bible here and the same things that he's saying about you, who you are in Ephesians 1, is the same thing, amen, the same Bible, same thing, amen, being said to you in 1 John 5 that you're an overcomer. Well, I don't feel like an overcomer. You are an overcomer. Well, it don't look like I'm overcoming. You are an overcomer. And the quicker you believe that and receive that, the quicker you see the fruits of that. Okay, let's try another one here. Let's go verse 6. This is Ephesians 1, 6. To the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. It's good to be accepted. Huh? Do you know that you're accepted? Now, there's a lot of people argue that. A lot of people don't think they're accepted. Did I lose my little windsock? Is that why you're all looking at me funny? Jen? We're just going to have to roll without it. All right. I want everybody all looking at what's going on here. Anyway, okay, so how many are accepted? Okay, are you accepted because you feel like you're accepted? Are you accepted because you look accepted? No. You're accepted because he says you're accepted. Well, not everybody accepts me. It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. Well, you know, they're saying it doesn't matter what everybody else says. Well, I don't think they like, it doesn't matter. You're accepted because he says you're accepted. You're an overcomer because he says you're an overcomer. You can conquer and prevail and overcome anything. Why? Because he says you can. Okay, let's, let's try another one. I, I don't know, maybe it wasn't going over so good. Let's try another one. Uh, in him. We have redemption through his blood. In other words, you've been purchased. Redemption, redeemed. You've been purchased. There's been a price paid for you. Amen. You've been redeemed. You've been purchased. Come on, somebody. By the blood of Jesus. You're redeemed not because you look redeemed 
or because you sound redeemed or because you feel redeemed. You're redeemed because he says you're redeemed. Still with me? Forgiveness of sins. Boy, some days I don't feel forgiven. Some days it may not look like I'm forgiven. But I'm forgiven because he says I'm forgiven. So you're a blood-bought, blood-washed, forgiven child of God. Amen. Operate according to the riches of his grace. Come on, somebody. All this because he said so. You're an overcomer. Still with me? All right. Uh, Put 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. This, this is how it works. You just, you just amazed when you kind of get in the Word of God and you just start finding who you are, what He's done, amen, and all He's asking for you to do is believe it. Just believe it. Because, see, your means of success in any area of your life is going to be based on your faith, based on whether you'll receive it, based on whether you'll rely on it. Even though it may not look like it, you may not feel like it, everybody else might be in disagreement with it. Come on, somebody. All that matters is what he said, and I believe that. And the quicker you hook up with that and connect with that, the faster it manifests in your life. Still with me? I'm just settling it because 2 Corinthians chapter 5, common text here, okay, uh, verse 17 says this. Man, that is loud, isn't it? Sorry about that. Hallelujah. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, you new creation, you. That literally means a new species of being. Now listen, listen, listen. It says this about it. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. So part of that new creation thing is based on the fact that the old is past and the new is here. Come on. So you are not your history. You are not your mistake. You are not your circumstance. You are not your issue. Come on. You're a new creation in Christ. Some days we war with that. Because sometimes that old man has a tendency to get the best of us. Come on, somebody. But we are a new creation, and the old is past, and the new, behold, all things become new. Let's keep reading here, because he talks about these new things. Now, all these things, these new things, are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Let's read the next verse, and we'll kind of talk about both these verses. That is, and as he explains it, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now, the point is what he's saying in those two verses is, amen, you were reconciled, amen, you were, amen, made right, amen, you were brought into a place, praise God, where you're no longer having your past held against you. He brought things into right order in your life, okay? Now, you may not feel like it, and it may not look like it entirely, but according to him, it's been done. And he says this, at that same time, same thing that got happened in you. He says he placed in you 
it to turn around and help somebody else get through the same thing. That you have a, a ministry, he says, a ministry of reconciliation. So in other words, you represent a kingdom now. You represent the king himself. Amen. And the same way, all he's saying is this, that the same thing that happened in you, you can turn around and help somebody else, help it happen in them. Now, some days say, well, I don't feel like I could. You know, if you got born again, you could turn right around to somebody and say, you know something, I don't know anything about this. I'm dumb as a stump when it comes time to all this. But all I know is this, Jesus set me free. Amen. And he can set you free. Amen. Amen. What did you just do that? Operate out of the ministry of reconciliation. Now, a lot of people won't do that because they don't believe enough or have confidence enough or whatever. But God says you can do that. He didn't say you had to know everything to be able to operate in that. He just says you have within you the ability to represent the kingdom. The next verse says then, amen, that now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Amen. So you're an ambassador. Amen. So you are an ambassador. You represent a kingdom, not because you feel like it, not because of how it looks, but because he said so. Are you bored with it yet? Verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. In other words, Jesus was our substitute, paid the price. Why? That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Well, I don't feel righteous. Well, praise the Lord, we don't go by your feelings. You're in right standing. That's all it means to be in a a place of right standing with. The word righteousness, righteous, justification, justified, all of them are the same Greek words, just all depending on how it's used in a sentence. But all of it means to be in a place of right standing, having rights, having privileges. You're in a place of right standing with God. That happened because Jesus paid a price. It's a done deal. If you've received Christ, it's done. You don't have to try to earn it anymore. You ain't trying to get accepted anymore. You ain't trying to get God to love you anymore. I'm just settling it right here. It's a done deal. We're this, we're that person, we're the righteousness of God, we're an ambassador of Christ, amen. We are a new creation in Christ. We're bought and paid for, redeemed, forgiven, praise God, adopted, accepted, All done because of what Jesus did, praise God. I don't have to feel it. I don't have to see it. All I know is he said it. Am I right? So the same word says you're an overcomer. So I don't know why we war with it. You're called to prevail, called to conquer, to gain a decisive victory, to overcome. Any area of your life, you can overcome in Him. Because it's in your DNA. Because He said so. Okay, with all that said, go to Judges 6. Let's go there. Judges 6. I think this man named Gideon is a great example of this. Judges 6. Verse 11, actually what's going on in context, the children of Israel, of course, are really 
um, under bondage. Um, the uh, uh, well, it's it's actually two. There was two different tribes, but it was. Uh, let's see, it's both the. Uh, let's see here. It's not only the. Mennonite, or what is it, not Mennonites, Midianites, there we go, I better watch that, they're going to get mad at me on that one, <laughs> amen. But uh, what has happened is every year at a certain time, at harvest time, they come over the, over the hill and they steal all their crops, steal all their, all their harvest, all right? And so it, according to scripture, if you kind of back up and read more of this, it says because of the fact that they were walking in disobedience, as a result it opened the door, now the enemy comes in and steals and that, that never, that's still always the same. You open the door for the enemy, and here he comes. You let him in the car, it ain't long, he's driving. Come on, somebody. You let him in the house, pretty soon he's bumped you out of the master. He's got it now. Come on, somebody. And so that's just how he operates. But the point is, is that they're being overcome. And so the angel of the Lord shows up. It says here, it says, And now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in uh, Ophrah, um, and which belonged to Joash, the Abizrite, okay, I don't know if I pronounced that totally right, but anyway, uh, while his son, okay, said all that, say that his son Gideon, okay, is threshing wheat in a wine press. Now, the reason he's threshing wheat in a wine, wine press is because, it says here, in order to hide it from the Midianites, okay? So the reason being is because he knows that it ain't going to be long here. They're going to come over the hill. They're going to take all of our crops. So what he's doing is he's hiding in a wine press, threshing the wheat, trying to get as much Harvest as he can for him and his household, whatever, uh, before the enemy comes. Because they know the enemy's coming. Okay? They know the enemy's coming. Okay? Verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, to Gideon, and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Look at your neighbor and say, you overcomer, you. Now, who is he? Oh, you're good. Come on now. Some of you are a little hesitant. Who is he? Why is he a mighty man of valor? God said so. Now, he struggles with it. At first, but once he gets it, that's all it happened. He had to get it. And once he got it and believed it, he walks in it. He becomes it. We're talking, this, this ain't much time be, between all of this before it manifests. So the angel of the Lord said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Verse 13, Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, <laughs> dude, you came to the wrong house. Right? If the Lord, look at this now, listen, listen, listen. If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Well, in a lot of ways, we've been like Gideon. 
because we've probably been here. How did all that happen? How did Gideon get to this place? Now, according to uh, earlier in the, in the chapter, um, you know, it's only been like seven-year period or something like that that this has been going on. But it's long enough, you know, um, you know, you think seven years when you kind of look at it after the fact, you think seven years ain't real long, and especially when you're getting older and you look back and seven years don't seem like it just goes through. But when you're in the middle of the seven years, it seems like all eternity. Are you with me? Now, the reason I'm saying this because, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, He's asking some questions here. Okay? Now, I believe, okay, in all honesty, they didn't get to this place overnight. Neither did you. Okay? Now, I believe probably in the beginning when the enemy shot over the hill, even though, even though they opened the door and the enemy came in, I believe in the beginning... They probably fought for their lands. I don't think they just instantly laid down and let them terrorize them. I believe that in the original, I believe in the beginning they fought. Probably just no different than you or me. But there are probably some casualties. I'm just, 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 just roll with me on this. Probably some losses. There was probably some, a, a price paid to stand your ground. See, it's no different. Some of, you, some of you have heard, you know the truth. I'm an overcomer, so you, man, this thing's in your life. Man, you're kind of, here we go. There's a price. So, after a little while, if you don't stick with the fight, we just start salvaging what we can. We count our losses. Over time, the past begins to stack up. We're only talking a seven-year period here. But, you know, after that seven years or during that seven years, not a whole lot's changing. Come on. So you get a little bit intimidated. And pretty soon, you know, you're not fighting anymore. Now you're hiding in a wine press, threshing wheat. Now I'm just trying to show you, we're no different than Gideon. Sometimes, see, we're going along in life, don't even realize there's areas to overcome, and we don't do anything about it, even though it's in our DNA, even though we're called by God to overcome. We conquer. We take ground. We're the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. We're new creations. We're bought and paid for. We're redeemed. We're part of a family, praise God. We're accepted in the beloved. But after a few Rounds, getting knocked down. Sometimes we don't get back up as quick. And so pretty soon we're done with our fight. And then we start coping. <clears throat> we cope instead of conquer. And the whole time, it's in our DNA.
So he gets done with his spiel, and he's asking some valid questions, really, to be honest. Chances are, you know, it's like anybody. You say, how you doing, and you're going to find out what they've been meditating on here. Come on, right? You know, there's some people you ask how they're doing, and you wish about 10 minutes later you would have never asked them that. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm not trying to be mean or rude. It's just, you know, sometimes you're just trying to be polite and talk, and then next thing you know, I'm, you're getting the whole spiel of their whole life and, and how, you know, where's God when you need him? How come God's not doing this? Where are the miracles? Come on, somebody. Um, you know, how come we're all alone now? How can we feel forsaken? How come the enemy now is in control of my life? And, um, you know, these are the same questions, the same thing that goes through a lot of people's lives. And then verse 14 happens. And he just, he doesn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> the angel of the Lord didn't stop. Well, now let me explain. <laughs> he just turned to him and said, go in this might of yours. Who is he again? Why is he a mighty man of valor? God said he was. So that didn't change nothing. So whether or not he's going to believe it or not, come on. Come on. It's on Gideon here. And so he just says, go in this might. I've already told you who you are. Now go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites, have I not sent you? He didn't acknowledge all the stuff. He didn't answer any of the questions. He just says, go in who you are. You go in who you are, and all those questions will be answered. And you'll see the miracles, and you'll see God move, and you'll see the things happen. Most of the time, the only reason we don't see the signs and wonders that we want to see is we never move forward. We sulk. We get in pity parties and we get, we, we sit here and boo-hoo. Now listen, we're not mean preachers. So I know sometimes I appear to be mean, but I am not mean. I love you. I'm still here. I haven't left. Come on. We're not picking on anybody. We're not condemning anybody. I think if anybody's been around me long enough, you'd know I ain't about to shame you or condemn you or beat you up. But I ain't going to get in that party with you. It's just no point in it. I praise God for encouragement and being able to do that and, and receiving that and, and how God uses the body to help the body. All of that, we're not taking away from any of that. Amen. Praise the Lord for all of it. But he wants you to go in that might of yours. You're an overcomer. It doesn't, even all the issues and the questions didn't change any of it. He's still a mighty man of valor. So it never changed. So the Lord turned him and said, Go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Verse 15. Why is it we have to argue? I think sometimes we fight tooth and toenail to hang on to our issue. 
We're not making light of anybody's issue. But sometimes we're so quick, amen, to argue. God says you're an overcomer. Why would you argue that? God says you're the head and not the tail. Why would you argue that? God says you're blessed. Why would you argue that? You should say, amen, I'll receive that. Right? God says you're forgiven. Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> I ain't going to tell you nothing. I don't have to. Praise the Lord. I'm forgiven. Amen. New creation in Christ. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. Hallelujah. I receive that. Thank you very much. Well, what would you do? Doesn't matter. It's passed away. Hallelujah. Come on now. So he said to him, oh, my Lord. I, I believe that's how he said, oh, my Lord. <laughs> really? How can I save Israel? So I believe, I believe in the beginning of the book or beginning of this chapter, you know, he's talking like this. But by the end of it, hey, that's what I'm talking about. Anyway, well, get your own picture. But anyway. Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Who would even admit that? I don't know a man that would admit that. Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. You've been meditating on this way too long, son. <clears throat> Come on. Why do we argue it? Well, I don't know. Sometimes maybe it's somehow we reason it or we got to make an excuse for it or justify why we're in the condition we're in. I don't know. There's all kinds of reasons. But when the Spirit of God begins to talk to you about who you are, then just receive it. So verse 16, let's go ahead and throw that in there. The Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. He didn't even acknowledge verse 15. Didn't even acknowledge it. Praise the Lord. So maybe there's times when we whine, he doesn't even give, give heed to it. That's good to know. Have you ever whined? Am I the only one? I know I'm not the only one. Anybody ever whined? I mean, he's done it recently. What'd you whine about? No. We've all, we've all done it. We've all been there. Amen. So I'm just, I'm just trying to make a point that even in your whining, it might affect some outcome because the fact that you're not believing the truth. Come on, somebody. But it never changes your identity, even though you're whining about it. You are who he says you are. We just got to get you to believe it. Just got to get you to hook up with it. And when you hook up with it, it begins to manifest like it should. Because that's your means of victory or means of success. Come on. Is you believing it. You accepting it. Regardless of how you feel. Regardless of how it looks. Regardless of what they said. Regardless of who's with you or who is not with you. Regardless of, of, of the past, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what you've been brought up under. See, it, none of that changes 
your identity. You are who he says you are. Amen. Now, this is a thing I kind of, you know, we've talked about this before, but it's worthy of bringing up uh, today, and that is um, facts and truth. Okay? The fact is, he's in a wine press threshing wheat because he's afraid. That's a fact. The fact is, um, the enemy comes over the hill every year and takes. The fact is, um, you know, they've had losses and, and probably, ex- and at this moment, expecting more losses because they've been terrorized enough. That's what they're expecting now. Come on, somebody. That's the facts. The fact is, it's a fact. But truth, truth says, you are a mighty man of valor, and through you, I'm going to deliver Israel as if by one man. So many times we're going along in life basing truth on some facts. Now, it's nice when the facts line up with truth. And if you stay connected to truth, pretty soon the facts start shifting and changing into truth. Come on, somebody. Come on. But there, you know, sometimes the fact and the truth are two separate things. Are you still with me? Sometimes, see, you don't feel like an overcomer. That's a fact. Some days you look in the mirror and you wonder, what in the world am I doing? It's, it's like verse 15, right here. Oh, my Lord. Right? Sometimes that's what happens, you know. You, you get in the car, you're heading to work, and you're going, oh, my Lord. What am I doing with my life? You get in front of a bathroom mirror. Oh, my Lord. What could God ever do with this body? Right? Come on, right? You hear something on the phone, you go, oh, my Lord, how could God ever do anything with that? Right? Come on now. Somebody, you know, gets, does this, says it, oh, my Lord, how could God ever turn this around? We've been there. Verse 16. Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. You are an overcomer because he said so. Amen. We just got to get you to believe it. Amen. And the more you meditate on that, the more you do believe it. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we'll close with this. We didn't get here overnight. Chances are this whole thing ain't going to manifest overnight. But it starts one night. It starts with you starting to make your declaration of faith, get back in the fight, come on somebody, take your stand in God, and having done all to stand, we stand, praise God. And we keep on pressing forward. We keep believing the Word of God, keep believing the truth, praise God. Amen. Believe what God says about you.
Well, Jeremiah 29, you know, is the verse we all like, you know, amen. Tells us, is, or Jeremiah, was it 29 11, right? 29 11, yeah, thank you. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Why? To give you a future and a hope. So all he's trying to do is say, listen, why don't you hook up with my thoughts, let go of your thoughts, and let me bring the peace of God into that situation. Amen. Let me give you a future. Let me give you an expectation, a hope of better days. Amen. Start believing on that. Start drawing on that. Amen. You are an overcomer because he says you're an overcomer. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you overcomer, you. Hallelujah. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. What a blessing. Woo. Simple but true. Come on now. Simple but true. Hallelujah. I'm forgiven. You're forgiven. I'm redeemed. You're redeemed. I'm a new creation. You're a new creation. I'm a conqueror. You're a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. You're an overcomer. Hallelujah. You're the head, not the tail. Above only and not beneath. Praise God. Victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Triumphant. Praise God. Hey. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor. Thank you so much for ears that heard today and hearts that received. And Father, we're grateful for a triumphant spirit in the house today. Thank you, Lord God, that we're overcomers. Hallelujah. Mighty men and women of God. Hallelujah. Called by God. Hallelujah. To overcome. Hallelujah. To conquer. To prevail. To take and gain the decisive victory. Praise God in all our endeavors. And Father, we give you praise for it. And Father, regardless of how we feel, regardless of how it looks, we'll believe you, sir. Hallelujah. As your word says, amen, that through our faith, especially our reliance on what you said, and that's what we'll hook up with. That's what we'll believe. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.